everyone. This is the voice of my beloved podcast. You are hearing from Braden and Tally today, and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. So we're going to jump right into it. We're going to start with a bit of a ministry update, just let you know what we've been doing, what's going on around here. Uh, lots, lots going on. It's the springtime, and the springtime is always so wonderfully busy, right? Yes, love spring. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so one of the big things that we've been, that's been taking a lot of our time is getting ready for the Harpin Farm Program. So do you want to explain a couple of the things you've been kind of working on? Yeah, just getting the place ready. We've been working in the greenhouse, getting some plants going, some green spinach and things like that. And yeah, getting excited. There's a lot of people coming out. Uh, we prayed for 10 and it looks like we're going to have about 10 students coming out. So we're really thankful for that. We praise God yeah. for bringing in the students and looking forward, looking forward to that coming up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's exciting, uh, having this be the, the first year of doing this. We're hoping that this is something that we can continue to build upon. Um, we just, you know, we love discipleship and we love um, the idea of just community living and, and being able to work together and seek God together. And so, yeah, we're excited about what, uh, what this season's going to hold. It's, uh, it's good. So we're doing a lot of practical things, kind of preparing uh, garden stuff and organization and teachers and schedules and that kind of stuff. Um, it's going to be a, a fun year. Yeah. So we've got, we've got 10 people. Uh, some of them are one month. Some of them are three months. We've got a couple seven month, uh, program, uh, people. And so, yeah, we're, we're getting excited about that. Uh, so what else we got? We got Passover coming up too. So the Harpen Farm starts March 20th, which is a little bit before Passover, get the program up and running. And then we've got Passover Family Week, uh, which is a Sunday to a Sunday. So it's not over the exact unleavened bread dates, but uh, it's April 2nd to the 9th and registration is open for that. And so if y'all wanting to come and join us, uh, we had a really, a really sweet, uh, impactful time last year. And so, uh, so yeah, we're excited about what God's, what God's going to do, uh, this week. And yeah. And, and we're also excited, you know, there's a lot of people that, um, have, I feel like there's a, um, a maturing of communities, uh, generally speaking, uh, the people that have come, uh, to events before here, uh, now there's, you know, they're hosting events in their own spots and stuff like that. And, and groups are, are coming together and really being able to worship and fellowship together. And so that's a, a really neat thing to yeah, see. It's always exciting to see believers working together and just, yeah, yeah. so encouraging. Yeah. And having community and fellowship locally, we always love to have people come from far and wide and it's always fun. Uh, but even locally here, uh, it's been neat to see just over the past year more, uh, just local connections and stuff. So that's that's been uh, really exciting for us here as well. Uh, so, so yeah, it's we'll see what group uh, God brings out here for Passover. So yeah, April 2nd through 9th there. Uh, some other, pro other projects that we're working on or have been working on is the Psalms of Ascent book. Do you want to talk about that, Braden? Yeah, it's been a 
process of about five years been working on this thing on and off and so it's been it's been really good you More know off I, than <laughs> on <laughs> but it has been something yeah i started about five years ago and so uh, it's exciting to finally have the book in hand and yeah. we're about to release it. We actually started it more like 11 years ago because 11 True. years ago we were writing the melodies to the Psalms of Ascent and doing a lot of study uh, during that season as well. It's so been a big project. It's been a, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of meditation on these Psalms and just, yeah, yeah well, I'm excited just to get the book out there. The book goes through a lot of just the journey from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134 and just this pilgrimage journey to get into the house of God, to finally end up in the very presence of God. And so it's an exciting journey that the pilgrim goes on. And I think it a lot of times in a lot of ways reflects our own journey of how mm -hmm. we go through it, you know, highs and lows. And there's this roller coaster element to our own journey, our own walk with God. And we just have to hang on for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited to be able to release this book and just hopefully bless the body yeah. with a deeper understanding of these uh, Psalms of Ascent. Yeah, and I love I love the Psalms of Ascent because the, the goal is to be worshiping God in the house of God. Like that's the, the destination. And there's ups and downs on the journey, uh, which I think, you know, a lot of us can just relate to that. And I think in this generation, even more so, um, we must have eternal vision for what, you know, what's ahead. What are we, what are we shooting for? Because... Um, the world wants to hang up a bunch of temporary things uh, for us to put all of our hope and joy in, and those things will continually fail us. So it's a it's a good reminder for sure. The message of the the Psalms of Ascent. It's a small book, really nice little kind of pocket sized journal to to take. So it's not something that's too overwhelming, uh, but a lot of rich material in there. Uh, so yeah, so we'll have that available sometime soon. I'm not totally sure when that is going to be up and available, but uh, but it's coming. It's coming very soon. Uh, another project that we've been working on that we're super excited about is a new CD. And we've been working with Cody. Uh, he's been a, a godsend, uh, <laughs> an answer to a lot of our prayers over the years. Uh, just really great guy to work with, uh, working with all these different um, music projects that we've got and so this particular project do you want to talk about it a lot of songs just straight out of the new testament uh, songs of hope resurrection just the beauty of yeshua mm -hmm. uh, and so just yeah just really want to encourage the body with these songs the just straight scripture yeah you know now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy getting these songs uh, yeah. deep in our spirits mm -hmm. i believe is so important uh, to have them, to, to really own them. Yeah. So that's, that's the heart of this project. Yeah. And I can say just from my personal experience, just having the tunes, uh, just go over and over in your head, ha just is huge in really allowing that to really seep into your spirit and just minister to you. So, yeah, so we're excited about getting these songs out and, um, you know, there's, it's, it's a fun, it's, it's a pretty upbeat, uh, a pretty upbeat uh, uh, list of, of songs. There's some real meditative ones as well, but they've done a lot with them where it's going to be fun to listen to and not just straight, you know, not that anything is boring when you're putting 
when you're putting songs to uh, or music to scriptures. But uh, but the songs are real upbeat and real real nice to to listen to too. So yeah, uh, so we got the CD, and uh, we're not totally sure on a release date on that. We are still working on the recording. We're about in the middle of that process. So sometime probably uh, after somewhere around Shavuot, I'm guessing with it. We might have that available. I'm excited about that. And let me think. Oh, family update. We've got a baby coming here soon, uh, which is exciting, which is going to be right around Passover sometime a little after that. And, uh, and so that's, that's been fun. It's been a, a fun year for our family. We have a teenager now. Yael has hit the 13 mark and we've, we've walked into the the uh, the teenage years and I'm honestly very excited about it. <laughs> yeah, Brayden yeah. wrote a little song when Yael turned 13 <laughs> <laughs> about not being scared of the the teenage years. <laughs> yeah. She's she's a great uh, she's a great example of a, a teenager. But uh, it's been fun to have the the children really be growing up over the past past year or so, and that's going to lead us into our topic that we are going to be sharing about today. Um, a lot of you have probably um, heard about the Asbury revival uh, that's been going on, the Asbury College event, uh, the continual worship for, I don't remember exactly the amount of days, but it was you know well over a week of continual worship and testimonies and something that it's been a lot of just exciting things. We can really see that the Holy Spirit is on the move and this generation really needs, um, really needs more, you know, uh, um, just a tangible like realness to our faith. And so it's been exciting to see these things um, uh, popping up uh, around the world in this season. And uh, we also were part of an event called Rise Up uh, a couple weeks ago. And um, we had a really sweet time there. It was a really sweet gathering in Mansfield, out in uh, yeah, Mansfield, Missouri. And our children, I know, were, were really impacted um, just to be, there's a lot of encouragement for the youth to really press into the things of God and to seek freedom and to um, just, you know, see their, uh, just be able to walk and own their faith. And so that was um, a really neat thing, a lot of powerful worship and stuff. And so, so anyways, uh, we're excited about these outbreaks of kind of revival and excitement and, um, it's, it's an exciting thing to see. And so uh, the thing that we're going to talk about today is... Well, I just want to jump in yeah. before we jump into the main meat of the message. But just with the whole Asbury thing, one of the encouraging things about that is that if you look back at the history... So in 1906, you had the Azusa Street Revival out in California, which one of the big things... It was kind of what a lot of people call the birth of the charismatic movement. And so uh, speaking in tongues uh, really took off there. Uh, at the same time, Asbury represented a totally different segment of the body that wasn't really going with the maybe speaky. not totally different. Or is <laughs> well, it, it was like a, it wasn't was split. A bit it was a, split. It was a split. Yeah, you had the charismatics, and then you had the holiness. The, basically, the difference was is that the Azusa Street people believed that the primary evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. 
Mm-hmm. The Asbury side believed that the primary evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit was living a holy life. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's interesting, you know, seeing this revival being birthed. A lot of people refer to Asbury as like a well of holiness, like that, that there has been a, a preaching. If you even look back at the Charles Wesley, uh, John Wesley, they're preaching, they preach holiness. And so that's that's kind of the roots of Asbury. And so it's exciting to see the spirit moving in this place where they have talked about holiness, the importance of holiness. Now, I, I can really appreciate the Azusa Street side too, because I, I, I believe in speaking in tongues. But when you can bring those two worlds together of yeah. life in the spirit, but it, but it also reflects living a holy life, you know, because yeah. we know the scriptures, it says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Yeah, there's a groundedness to it. Yeah, and so it's exciting to see this birthing of excitement and love for Yeshua in a place like Asbury, where their roots go back to this place of living a holy life. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, that's exciting to see that. Yeah, I think that's what, for Braden and I, uh, we're just really excited about the the coming, <laughs> you know, why does it have to be a split? <laughs> you know, why does the charismatic have to split from the, <laughs> you know, the conservative or the uh, holiness movement? We would, what our hearts are, are to see, um, a partnership in these, in, in this, uh, because we just love and invite the Holy spirit. Uh, that is something that we're feel very strongly about. And, you know, both of us can testify to major, you know, influences the Holy spirit in our lives. Like, uh, the Holy spirit has really worked in, in both of our lives. And without that, I don't, I don't know where, we would be. Um, and so, um, but also able, uh, it, within that context, um, being able to really be grounded in discipleship and in a foundation of, um, just being founded in the word of God, really that, um, that whatever we stand for comes from a deep roots that are in, you know, what the word says. And, and so, you know, and the living it out every day, the living it out, the daily basis, uh, lifestyle of, of just walking in that place. Uh, so that's something that we're just really excited about is just those two kind of worlds, uh, being able to walk together instead of trying to criticize and pick each other apart, (laughs) uh, being able to lift each other up and bless each other. So, yeah. Yeah. So do you want to get, jump into some of what you're thinking? Yeah. So we want to, uh, the main body or kind of the getting into what we have notes on anyway, is, uh, being fruitful and multiply by the power of the spirit. And so I believe that there's this call that we all have, whether it be to start a family, get married and have children, that's, that's a real practical way to be fruitful and multiply, Mm -hmm. but also to seek to have influence, you know, to ask God, please help me to disciple and minister to spiritual sons and daughters, you know, to, to ask God to grant that fruitfulness spiritually as well. And so this is something I believe that's majorly on the father's heart. Uh, so I want to look at some scriptures here. This is Genesis one twenty two, and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. Uh, and then we got Genesis one twenty eight. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. This is speaking to humanity, right? Fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
And then Genesis 9-1, so God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So just over and over again here in Genesis, we've got this command, basically, be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. And then we even have Yeshua coming on and John, he says, this is how my father's glorified, basically, is that you bear much fruit. Mm -hmm. So being fruitful is one of the ways that we glorify God. And so it's just so important that that be our desire. You know, God, help me to be fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of, um, as far as, you know, Christianity or people that walk, walking with Messiah, um, being able to determine what, what fruitfulness is. Cause, um, you know, especially in the conservative, um, the conservative circles, there's, uh, you know, a lot of, of incredible, uh, exciting out of this world stuff that happens when the Holy Spirit really falls on a people, right? It's like, there's those really out there experiences, you know? And, um, and I think that those are amazing manifestations of the Holy Spirit, like fires flaming off of the heads of, of people, the people that are gathered in Jerusalem, you know, like that's a, that's like a crazy thing, you know, it's like, whoa, there was fire on their heads, you know, I mean, like, uh, and that's, that's wild, that's out there, you know, um, but the fruit that came from that manifestation was a group of people that went and shared their faith with the rest of the world. And most of them died for their faith. And so, you know, uh, the manifestation is those wow, you know, moments. And then the fruitfulness comes in the daily walking it out. And, and, you know, obviously we are part of that, that fruit at this point, the, the word of God went out from Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria onto the, into the whole world. So, yeah, looking at the scripture, Colossians 1.10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Then 1 Thessalonians 3.12, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. And so just increasing fruitfulness. This is something in the scripture that we're to press on in being fruitful. And so I just want to take a look at some of the stats here in America. We have a 1.6 births per woman. That's the, the national average, 1.6 births per woman. I think that our population is growing in America primarily due to immigration. Yeah. But as far as just our birth rate, we're not replacing ourselves at this point. Right. Uh, among evangelicals, it's a little higher at 2.2. But even at that, by the time you get in accidents and you know, diseases and all this stuff. It's 2.2. Like it has to be around from what I've studied about 2.4 or so to even replace the population. Mm-hmm. So contrasting that, um, you know, evangelical Christians, your typical Christian family is not replacing itself by their birth rate compared to the Amish. They double every 21 and a half years across the, you know, that, that's, a, that's pretty amazing. They, like basically if there's a million of them now in 21 years, there'll be 2 million. You know, it's like exponential. It just keeps doubling. Uh, Haredi Jews, they double every 16 years. So they're, they're even uh, beating the Amish there. <laughs> uh, these people that have a vision for big families, uh, they're, they're going for it. They're, they're, they're really uh, multiplying. 
Uh, and not to say that we we think that Amish or Haredi Jews, uh, you know, have it all together, but this is one way that they're actually, you know, they're, they're being fruitful. They're, they're being fruitful. <laughs> uh, I've actually found this article, a really interesting article, talking about the Amish. It says, when we think of happening Christian groups, we typically imagine big church conferences, exciting worship concerts, and authentic community groups meeting in local coffee shops. Given this mindset, the following information will probably blow your mind and the minds of most people in your church. In fact, you may need to sit down for this. The fastest growing sector of the evangelical world right now is the Amish. That is correct. Our beard sporting, bonnet wearing, and buggy driving brothers and sisters are expanding at a record pace. The guy who wrote this article is a Southern Baptist. And if you know anything about Baptists, they're very much into their outreach programs. Uh, they're, they love winning souls, right? That's, their, that's one of their driving forces. Mm -hmm. So even despite all their efforts, they have millions of dollars that go into their budget. Despite all their efforts, the Amish are still outgrowing them. Way outgrowing. <laughs> yeah. So he goes on, he says, despite our well-trained Southern Baptist Church clergy, our smooth programming, and our $1 billion budgets, Southern Baptist churches are losing out to their brothers and sisters who churn their own butter. What's more, the Amish have no major outreach campaigns. They typically struggle to reach out to people outside their villages, making their growth even more perplexing to Southern Baptist Church and other evangelical denominations. Yet, since 1992, the Amish have been beating our church growth percentages left and right. So, they have a vision for discipleship and also set apartness, in a sense. Uh, they, the Amish are discipling their young people. That one stat, it said that about 85% of Amish-born children stay Amish. Right. Whereas, the Southern Baptist stat is about, about half will stay Baptist. So not only are they, you know, barely replacing themselves with the birth rate within the Baptist church, but they're also losing half of their children. So they're, they're significantly dropping in numbers. Uh, whereas the Amish, if you got, you know, I think the average birth rate there was like seven children per family They're and they're keeping 85%. So they're, they're growing dramatically because right. they're just, they're focusing on their children. They're not letting the world disciple them. Right. They're keeping. So what can we learn from this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which I, you know, I definitely want to point out that uh, to say that all of those Amish, the 85% that are sticking out are fresh and flourishing <laughs> or that, that that culture is a flourishing culture, uh, that's not the point of what uh, we are saying here. Uh, because you can also look at uh, the Baptist or the... The Christian world as well, um, which, to be honest, the small amount that does actually stick it out in the church, uh, not necessarily fresh and flourishing either. So, you know, we've got, we, we understand that there, there are issues, you know, uh, across the board as far as actual whole healthy, flourishing, free people that are serving God in spirit and truth. Like that is uh, obviously the goal of, of our walk um, in Messiah. And, and that's what we, we're offered that as right. believers in Messiah is a, a beautiful, free life, freedom in Messiah, which, uh, you know, <laughs> might not look the way that we think sometimes we've just finished reading uh cory ten boom's uh story one of her biographies and man 
if there was a free woman, it was Corey Ten Boom. But, you know, I don't know that the world would have told you that as she was being tortured and enslaved and imprisoned uh, and abused and all of that stuff. Um, but her heart, because of her faith in Messiah, she was, she was free. Uh, and so it was a really beautiful, beautiful testimony. Uh, but this, the, the point of it is, um, the daily walk and the, the fruitfulness and really pouring into the next generation and understanding the importance of walking together, um, you know, for us, we're kind of in the middle here where we cling to our elders and we, we need elders in our lives that are walking with us and, and know us and that we are, you know, that we're in fellowship with, uh, and also having vision for the young generation that we're raising up at this point, uh, and really making that a focus is really, um, investing in them and, uh, walking in a, in an honest and humble way, um, before them as well as we, um, try to, to share Messiah, the love of Messiah and the truth of Messiah with them. And the big thing that has been going around in my mind is just, you know, looking at these revivals and really appreciating it and seeing the spirit of God move is always exciting. And, but how to take that, that movement of the spirit and to have structure. I don't think we could be afraid of structure. You know, basically, you look at the uh, the service in the temple. There, you know, there's a, a lamb in the morning, a lamb in the evening, mm -hmm. and this is it's called the tamid offering. It's always happening. It's it's just the priest. We're just this is their their role. And as we embrace this call to be kingdom, a kingdom of priests, that we just this is our role. Mm -hmm. We we worship morning, evening, and even if there are no tongues of fire, mm -hmm. even if there are no, you know, it, we 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 long for God to reveal Himself in yeah. power. But reading this article about the Amish, it, it, it highlighted this thing of we can't be afraid of structure. Yeah. You know, we, we have to realize that God does work in structure within the family structure, within a community structure, mm -hmm. within a body. And but the picture of the temple really stood out to me because here you had so much detail, so much structure that went into this building. Mm -hmm. But then the spirit of God fills it. The cloud fills it. And that's what gives life to it. Yeah. And so you can have a structure. You can have a family structure, a community structure, All and if it doesn't, little, <laughs> little bits and details put together so intricately, and it looks yeah. beautiful. You can have all you can read all the books about how to do it just perfectly, but if you don't have the spirit of God feeling it, then yeah. it's dead. Yeah. And so, to me, as I've I've been thinking about it, I've been processing all that's been going on. I've been thinking, God, please help us to have a structure, yes, so that our children can have something to build on. There could be a generational passing on of our faith mm -hmm. but the spirit infusing that structure yeah so that it so that it does have this this life within it yeah and so that's that's been on my heart and that, this is my prayer for the body for for my family really is mm -hmm. that we can be a structure that welcomes the spirit of god to move within it mm -hmm. yeah and we were just reading the revival we were reading in was it in king's or in Chronicles on Shabbat? In Chronicles. In Chronicles, yeah. We're reading about uh, the revival that happened when uh, King 
Hezekiah, Hezekiah uh, came and there was a revival in Israel. They just, you know, they tore down all of the idols and they, um, and they were filled with like the Holy spirit. Like, like it was the, uh, they were all just moved to pray and worship and stuff. But it's, it's kind of, it's such a, a neat account because there was, there was also the orderliness to it. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, just straight emotion, but there was definitely emotion, <laughs> you know, there was definitely emotion and, um, and repentance and, uh, that, that just hunger for God. But it was also, um, it was also coupled with the orderliness of, okay, we need to, you know, we need to, to cleanse the temple and the priests need to be sanctified and we need to be prepared for a holy God that has called us to a place of order too. And so it wasn't the orderliness of it wasn't just thrown out the window. Um, there right. was, and there was an orderliness to it. And I really loved, uh, something that we, that was pointed out was the prayer that was said that I believe Hezekiah said, that, um, you know, cause some people were coming and they weren't perfectly prepared and they weren't perfectly consecrated the way that they should have. And he made this prayer of like, God, please cover them. The ones that aren't ready, uh, just cover them and, and mark them as clean, you know? And it was such a picture of, of Yeshua and what he does for us that, you know, we, uh, we strive for orderliness and we recognize a holy God, but we also are so dependent on his covering over us and, and being able to, um, present us as holy before God, just in his, because of Yeshua, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, I believe we're about ready to wrap it up. Pray that you all were uh, encouraged. And yeah, praise God for revival. We all need it. Absolutely need it. And so, uh, yeah, this is the voice of my beloved podcast where we believe that hearing and following the voice of our beloved bridegroom, King, leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life. <laughs>